1: Welcome to The Ordinary Black Professionals, I'm Nicole and I'm Stefan and this week we have the owner and founder of Taido. Taido is a company which is on a mission to create more inclusive clothing for fuller bus women by providing stylish well-fitted tops and dresses. Not only does she run a successful business full-time but she also somehow manages to hold down a full-time job in the corporate world as well. Welcome Dilapo. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys.
2: Welcome to our podcast.
1: So I know personally why you started Taido, and I read in your blogs about why you started, but it would be good to understand um, from your, you know, speak about in your words as to how you came about starting the company.
2: Yeah, sure. So um, I started Tido just based on my own frustrations. Um, I wear First of all, I'm probably going to say boobs a lot in this episode. So. <laughs> Go for it.
1: <laughs> so,
2: um, you you I can wear... say anything you like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, yeah, I first so I grew up with like four sisters. I have four sisters, and I've not really been into fashion, but I do like dressing up. I don't consider myself like a fashionista or anything, but I do like dressing up. I like looking nice. Growing up, I always used to share clothes with my sister, and then I sisters, and then I went through like a growth spurt, and I I added weight as well and my boobs dramatically increased I managed to lose the weight but then I still had big boobs in comparison to the rest of my body mm. and I realized that clothes were made for women who have big boobs like bigger than average boobs and it was just super frustrating for me because I was like why is this happening I still want to look cute <laughs> and the options that were available were more matronly and geared towards a more mature audience so I decided to start it and I was also coming from a place of like being very unfulfilled at work as well. I wanted to dabble into something creative. I always wanted to start my own business even though I had no idea it would be something fashion related. I always thought I would start like a tech business. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I decided to go for it and yeah, I've been running with it since and working full-time.
1: I remember when you had the idea of it, because I am also someone who has a large chest and a small frame, and I agree with you, it's really, really hard to mm. find clothes, like shirts and stuff that fit. And I remember when you came up with the idea and you was like talking it through and and things like that. What What made you decide to like finally take the plunge did you wake up in the middle of the night and think, "Yes, I need to. I need to do this"? Or Was it more gradual? Um, I would say I'm.
2: I'm actually quite erratic. I can be quite impulsive, and I think because I thought it would be a walk in the park, having <laughs> a clothing line, I was just like, "Yeah, let's go for it." Um, I, I, I bought a domain name. Um, I made the website because because I worked in tech. That was the first thing that came to my mind make a website even though you have no product or anything and um I also did customer research to be fair so I I put out a survey Nicole you must have also done the survey as well yeah I did do the survey so I put out a survey because I was like surely this can't be happening to just me I know I'm I'm not like abnormal or anything so I put out a survey and got over like about 100 responses and yeah it was a similar theme of like people wanting shirts and people are willing to pay for well-fitted clothing and that that kind of like pushed me because I like making, I'm a woman's woman. Like I love women, I'm a feminist. I love making women feel good. I'm passionate about like black women in particular, but women in general, just because of my family and yeah. So I wanted, I was happy to do something that made women feel good. So that kind of pushed me as well to do it.
0: Would you say that you've got a passion for fashion? Uh,
2: To be honest, no, I have a passion for problem solving. I, I see my business as a problem solving, bu- like it is a fashion business, but my goal is to solve a problem. I feel like, and also to raise awareness to the fact that there is a lack, there's an exclusion of a certain demographic of women in mm. the fashion industry. And I feel like when the fashion industry gets to a point that um, they recognize that full of women need to be included, then title is no longer needed. And I'll probably move on to something else, but that is my mission.
1: Hmm. and what do women with a fuller bust say about tie Day um like what's some of the feedback that you get
2: a good question so I think for me that is the best part of doing this because people send me so many heartwarming warming messages like they've never they feel seen yeah that um they've never had anything fit both their bust and their waist at the same time and someone has said that because of me they are reconsidering getting a reduction um just like really really um I don't know it just makes me very happy that I'm making an impact on someone's life that they feel confident they feel sexy like they're proud and they don't feel ashamed of their bodies anymore so yeah yeah, those are the kind of messages I get all the time
1: yeah I can imagine because from my personal experience you know I've got I'm not afraid to say 32 f boobs and I'm quite a I'm a small person mm-hmm. and you just can't get clothes to fit and it and it sounds like an exaggeration but it really isn't you can't get tops that properly give you enough coverage or that will button up properly and then as you said fit their waist and the rest of your body and so often I always felt like these clothes aren't made for me that that like therefore women with smaller chests and I've just Accepted that as fact. I know I can't wear that, like a shirt, or I know that I can't wear that particular dress, a wraparound dress, or anything like that, because mm-hmm. it's just not made for me.
2: Yeah, exactly. And there's such a misconception that being fuller bust, which is like the official term of when you have big boobs, um, means that you're plus size, but it, mm. it doesn't mean that um, you can be a size eight and you can have G, G cups. Like everyone's body is different so I also wanted to break that stigma that being fuller bust doesn't mean they're plus size and it's actually the slimmer but fuller bust um, figures are actually excluded the most because yeah. it's most like the fashion industry would normally like cater to small boobs small waist small hips and they just grade upwards like in terms of like the sizing so yeah that's there's that as well
0: How do you cater for so much sizing differences? So you could have uh, women with, as you say, G bust Mm. and size eight, but they could also be size 12 or something like that. How do you cater for so many different variations?
2: Um, So how I do my size charts is that with, so I cater from a size eight to a size 22, UK size eight to size 22. But with each size, there are two options for the bust. So a size eight can have um, option one and option two is what we call them. So full and fuller, those are what we call them in the size chart. And it's not based on cups like G cup, H cup, it's based on measurements. So um, a size eight can have, can pick between maybe a 38 bust and a 40 bust depending on what their measurements are. So they pick the one closest to, to what they are. Because right. um, I sent out, I did like market research and I kind of DM loads of fullerbus bloggers and just people around me that have big boobs and took their measurements just to understand what the average size is across
1: each size band. That's... To be able to come up your bespoke sizing. Yeah, exactly.
0: That's really interesting. Maybe you could expand a bit more on like how you went about your market research.
2: Um, so, I looked at what competitors were doing. There are existing fuller bus brands out there doing clothing, but like I said, they cater to a more mature audience. So, yeah. that was my starting point. I, I did my basic size charts based on what they were doing. And then from that, so they have three options the ones, the most popular ones. Um, they have three options for the bus size, but I knew that I couldn't do as many, um, as many units because. Mm is very um, capital intensive if you do that many units Um, so I just like dm'd I had started like building rapport with um, influencers within the fullerboss space there's like a little fullerboss community on Instagram so um, I kind of made a name for myself before I launched just posting inspo pigs and engaging with like people in the community and then I ask them I would dm them and just say oh hey I'm doing research um because I want to make sure that I get the sizing right would you mind helping out and sharing your measurements and most times they're more than happy to help because they're just so keen to see someone catering to them so to them yeah Yeah. happy
1: to help yeah would you say that was kind of one of the hardest things when starting your business was doing that market research or was it something else entirely
2: no the hardest thing was feeling like an
1: imposter oh really (laughs) yeah it's the mental part of it why did you feel like you didn't belong in the space because you are like you are your target audience so if (laughs) anything you you belong
2: I belong because I I felt like I belonged as a consumer not as someone providing the solution because I had no fashion background so it was a completely new space and there's so many things that go into like having an idea a design in your head and getting it to a final product like thinking of the packaging thinking of the branding like that isn't my strong point my strong Mm. point is business because I come from like the corporate world so I was comfortable with the business side but when it came to like the actual uh, like logistics of things and the production and manufacturing I was so uncomfortable and even the design because for me my design process is so different from a typical designer's process a typical designer will see a fabric and they'll be so inspired or like travel to a city and be inspired by that city yeah. and sketch something out. my design process is I see something and I'm like that's not fair people with big boobs can't wear that how do I <laughs> innovate so <laughs> it's very different and um, sometimes. I get designers like um, design what's it called like a block as well because I just don't know what to do um so yeah it was just a mental part of not feeling like I could do it or feeling like
1: a fraud sometimes has that decreased over time or is it still there um it's still there but
2: now I know how to talk myself out of it more like before I would be crying at night (laughs) like Mm. my my fiance would be like don't worry because I would see other people doing so I didn't know ASOS had a fuller bus brand for example and then someone had sent me a message like when I was already deep into it and had spent some money that oh ASOS has a fuller bus and I I just started crying like (laughs) how the hell am I going to compete against ASOS And, um, but then I just got over it because there will be competition. Even now there's more um, up and coming brands that are doing the same thing. But um, I feel like no one will be able to execute like I
1: do. That's, yeah. Yeah. And the thing is as well with yours is that you offer the bespoke sizing. So even if you go to um, ASOS, it's still the generic sizes, if that makes sense. It may not fit your body and be as tailored as the clothing that you make yeah yeah exactly
0: yeah uh, i've also seen um maybe conversations on twitter and
2: mm-hmm. people
0: have recommended your brand as well as as the band, brand to go for if they want fuller bus clothing i've seen that um, really oh. yeah yeah from random people i don't know who they are maybe they're associates of yours or maybe they're your customers but yeah people have been recommending your brand and i've seen it you know, just around the black Twitter, UK stratosphere. So.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that is so sweet. I get really happy when people I don't know, like I, I love my family and friends and I love that they support me, but it makes me even happier when strangers that I don't know from Adam, like are the, uh, like advocating for me and like buying from
1: me because I'm yeah. like, okay, maybe I'm doing something right. Would you say, I'm just thinking, Michael, what you said was difficult around like starting up the, The business and thinking Mm -hmm. about the packaging the branding Mm -hmm. do you think you underestimated just how difficult it would be because I feel like a lot of people like yeah I want to start my own business yeah I want to do that and I think I don't know not everyone always thinks about just how hard it is like just how much grind has to go in to make it successful
2: Mm. oh yeah 100% like I think what's the saying ignorance is bliss (laughs) (laughs) seriously if I knew Nicole you know me I don't like stress in my life if I knew that it was going to be as stressful as it is I definitely wouldn't have done it I would have done something else (laughs) because I do want I did want to start a business but fashion is so stressful because there's just so many things you have to think about and you're also dealing with overseas manufacturers well I am dealing with overseas manufacturers as well so there's also that time difference there yeah hours ahead um and there's just so many things and I, I'm doing it on my own as well so you're wearing all the hats um and you know that you have strengths and weaknesses and sometimes you, you still have to do the job the, like the part of the business that you are um weak that is not your strength basically yeah Um, so yeah I definitely underestimated it but it gets easier though I would say now I definitely have more of a hang of things I understand my processes better because before I was just doing things anyhow like I didn't really understand like the step-by-step process but now I'm also able to bring in skills from work so like my project management from work into my business so I'm more organized about things.
1: I think the fact that you have a consulting background must make such a difference just in the way that you think and your planning and your approach to things yeah for sure it does
0: it's the project management skills i think
1: yeah yeah, yeah. people underestimate that they really do they go, oh you got a plan oh you got excel laugh 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 and it's like well actually i'm a really organized person <laughs> and i'm like get shit done <laughs> it makes exactly. everything a bit easier it does yeah it does do you, so you obviously, well, not obviously, because people can't see you, but you're a black woman. <laughs> Do you feel pressure being a black business owner and maybe having to represent yourself in a certain way? Um, kind
2: of. Well, first of all, I don't really put myself in front like as the face of my business no you
1: really don't (laughs) people won't know
2: what you look like (laughs) Yeah, lots of people don't know that this is a black-owned business um I just posted like a reel on Instagram recently and I did show my face you did (laughs) yes and someone commented this is a black-owned business take all my (laughs) coins blah 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 (laughs) (laughs) Um, but back to your question um is there pressure I feel like black-owned businesses are more scrutinized than regular businesses like Mm. you guys are on twitter i don't know if you see sometimes they just drag businesses like i feel like people are waiting to see
1: the business fail yeah Yeah. they're they're waiting to mess up because as you said they want to drag them yeah we hold them to a we all want to rep like support black businesses but then we hold them to a much higher standard Mm. than like any other business
2: yeah and and now that i'm a business owner like i really understand how difficult it is and I even provide more grace to small business owners because when you're the only one doing yourself doing it yourself mistakes are bound to happen Mm. so uh, I do think a lot of pressure sometimes we do put it on ourselves so like I put pressure on myself as well so it's a mixture of people scrutinizing
1: black businesses more and just as an individual putting pressure on myself as well it's hard isn't it because you want it to be it's your baby and you spent hours you spent years working on this yeah so it's hard not to put that kind of pressure on yourself
2: yeah definitely and because you know like your friends and fam even though most people externally might not know that it's a black owned business or that that is my business your friends and family know as well yeah so you also feel like oh god I don't want them to see me as a failure like I want to quit every two weeks or something tighter but then I'm like oh what would my friends and family think like they think this I'm doing really well and stuff but yeah,
1: it kind of pushes me on as well. I'm just thinking because you said someone commented and said, Oh, um, I didn't realize this was black owned. I'm going to give you all my coins. Because mm-hmm. I feel like on your website, there's so much diversity. You've got a mixture of bigger girls, smaller girls, um, mm-hmm. black, white. To me, that I would have just automatically assumed that it was a black owned business because of the diversity that you have Mm. was it really important to make sure that you had different types of people on the on the website
2: coming from the corporate world where I don't really see myself represented it was important for me to do things differently in my own business and to me I think in a diverse way by default because I am I am a minority so I feel like people who are minorities like it's just like natural for you like I felt uncomfortable just having white models in fact I even had to bring in white models because my initial set of models were just black
1: yeah that's what I would do in my mind I'd be like okay so I'm only gonna have black and Asian models yeah and I'd actually have to consciously remind myself to bring in white models (laughs) I'd be the exact same so um yeah
2: I, I just had to and then different sizes as well. Like I really and it helps with your sales too because people I have a wide size range. So why shouldn't they be able to see what it would look like on a f- um full-figured person or a plus yeah. size person if they are plus size? So I, I just felt that was important. So even going forward, like I'm about to do a shoot now and, and I'm only using one model, one because of COVID and one just budget. Um, and I'm just using a black plus size model because I want to, and I can do whatever I want in my business. So,
0: <laughs> so we've noticed that you've been in certain publications, L, uh, the unedit red magazine, hourglassy, uh, and the lingerie princess. What's the story behind, uh, being featured in those magazines and how did you get featured there?
2: Um, so uh, I pitched to the magazines, to Elle, to the Edits, and to Red magazine. Um, and then the last two are blogs, and they featured me because they focus on Fullerbust, they're fuller Bust blogs, so they just featured me naturally. Um, I feel like in business, or just in life generally, you have to be prepared, but you also have to find opportunities. So uh, most of the time, to get um, press for free, you have to pitch to the magazine editors because they're actually l- looking for businesses to feature, like looking for new um, ideas and stuff. So, um, yeah, they featured me, and I was really happy being in like well-known magazines because it gives you credibility, yeah, mm-hmm. and um, it also um, helps your SEO as well and drives traffic to your website. So that was really that was really good.
0: That's really good. How do you just do you just email them? How do you pitch to them?
2: Yeah, you literally just email them. Like you stalk the editors um, and you... Stalk sounds so bad. Okay, you find the editors. <laughs> <laughs> you find their email addresses. Mostly I just um, find their emails through Instagram or you can check the website. Sometimes they have the list of all the magazine editors' emails. You find the ma- the editor that writes the kind of um, articles that you're looking to be featured in and then you just pitch to them um that hi I'm a small business I just started this is what I do this is my mission here um are pictures of my latest collection would love for you to be to feature us Um,
1: let me know if you have any questions yeah that to me is just an example of just
0: I think that's very like, entrepreneurial. Use,
1: yeah. yeah. Like, that would never even cross my mind. I just always assume... This sounds... Maybe because I don't know anything about the publication world, but I just always assume they found people. Mm. I would never have thought that, like, you could even do that. And then even if... I wouldn't
0: even consider doing that. I, I no. Would, that would not cross my mind.
1: <laughs> no. And then, be, and then to be like, oh, I'm going to, like, go on Instagram to find out who they are. It's just so... Yeah, entrepreneurial. Yeah. yeah. So, like, using your head. Like, I know that's, that sounds, I don't want to be, that sounds, I don't wanna, like sound patronizing, but it's just, I don't know, my mind is blown. I just would never have <laughs> thought that's what you do. I feel yeah. like being an entrepreneur is, is literally continuously shooting your shots at things. Yeah, man.
2: Yeah.
1: And, like, so I know, like, I know some other bits and pieces that you've done in the background to, like, shoot your shot and it's just so impressive because I even remember you saying this was years ago um you like went to this women's like networking session or something and you and you connected with this woman about business and you like she became more mentor, and you was able to swap tips of her I don't know if you remember this story I hope you do <laughs> I do but, yeah,
2: yeah. okay good
1: <laughs> but like Eve like that is like another example of just just shooting a shot just going for it and then the mark the market research that you did shooting a shot and yeah. then this as well it's just it's like so much of it is like thinking outside of the box yeah and then feeling be- confident enough just to go for it
2: yeah you have to find like creative ways of doing things
0: what's your proudest achievement with tida
2: for me it's just the feedback that i get like just the fact that i've made somebody feel good and getting feedback that they feel seen and uh, they feel confident, That, that for me is the best thing about doing this business. But other than that, I'm really proud of the fact that I've gotten an idea into a tangible product and I've actually built a business a recognized business like I'm being recognized within that industry the fuller boss community as the go-to person for like nice clothing like I'm really really proud of that because it's not easy to do like to think of an idea and execute it so
1: yeah those two things have you always been a ballsy type person like have you always been someone who's comfortable in your work career like work like normal work life To
0: do things
1: outside of the box. Yeah, yeah. Or have you really had to step out of your comfort zone to do that with Um.
2: Okay, so I'll answer both. I haven't had to step out of my comfort zone, but I haven't done that in my work life because I feel like my work life pushed me to to do Taido because I feel like throughout most of my career, I have been uh, underestimated. Um, kind of overlooked because I'm naturally introvert, introverted and I'm a quiet person Nicole knows me I'm, I'm quiet especially with people that I don't really know that well and I'm not comfortable with so I always used to get feedback that oh you need to be more assertive um, you need to speak up more even though I don't get opportunities to speak up to speak and mm-hmm. I don't get given good opportunities I, I used to get like passed over for opportunities and stuff but then in my personal life I am the problem solver in my family, I'm the hustler in my family, Um, like I'm really good with money um, and all of those things so because I was feeling so unfulfilled at work I was like I need to do something outside work where I can actually just use all of those like hustling skills that I have in my personal life so yeah I would say title just like uh kind of brought out things that I already had, but I wasn't able to use at work. But I'm hoping that in my new job I will be able to because it's a different environment. So it gave
0: you the the platform to use your skills and abilities, you know, Mm -hmm. to the best of your ability outside of work and just like, you know, made you feel like you were being maybe felt more fulfilled doing that yeah
2: exactly yeah and doing it my way as well because mm. it's my own business and I can do it however I want so um that was really important as well
1: yeah it's yeah as you, yeah it's doing it your way and having your platform mm-hmm. as you said you're gonna have a a plus-size black woman on a photo shoot just because you can why not yeah. <laughs> that's what I want that's what I'm gonna have if
0: you're a business owner then you can do what you like
1: I know I I hope one day either I'm a business owner or. I win the lottery or (laughs) I become a kept woman because you earn so much money Stefan that one day I can just do whatever I want (laughs) I don't have to work (laughs) that is the dream the dream um so on your socials specifically Instagram you are always posting content Mm -hmm. do you have like a social media background like how have you I guess just found yeah everything Instagram because I think for us personally, we find maintaining a profile on Instagram really difficult. Mm-hmm. So, how has it been for you? Oh. Are you a natural social media person? No, and you know this, even in my personal one, I don't. Not, you, <laughs> but you make it look so effortless, you always have content.
0: Yeah, the, the Instagram looks really good.
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, this has
2: taken years, and I mean years of um, getting used, to. It. and even now, like when was my last post? Four days ago. I'm meant to be posting every day, but these days I'm like, fuck it. I don't... Oh, sorry, I'm not meant to swear. No, you can it's swear. <laughs> <fine>. <laughs> <laughs> these days, especially because I've not brought out any new stuff, so I'm just like, I am tired of posting my old stuff that is sold out. Like nobody wants to see this. But yeah, um. I think um, being organized. So when when I'm I'm actually being consistent about it, I I post, I schedule posts um, using later. If you guys want to start doing that, it's really helpful. So on the weekend, I'll just post for the next week or the next two weeks, schedule for the next week or the next two weeks. Um, um, And in terms of creation, I just use Canva. Um, Now I want to get into Reels, so I actually have to film content um so yeah Canva and being organized and scheduling posts but it did take me a while like I think social media is my least favorite thing because I don't like Instagram I don't like social media but I need it for my business
1: yeah so, so much of it happens there, especially because it's a clothing yeah. brand
2: yeah exactly and
1: Canva is great it makes life so much easier it does yeah where where do you see Tydone in the next five years like if you could go anywhere where would you like it to be?
2: Um, I want it to be a one-stop shop for all things Fuller bust. So from not just right now, we just focus on like um, occasion, going out, clothes. But I want to have like more, more casual lounge where I want to do bridal if possible.
1: That would be um, amazing. It's very yeah. hard to find. Uh, wedding dresses if you have a big bust Mm. it's really really hard actually to the point where I personally didn't enjoy looking for wedding dresses because I found it too stressful and upsetting because nothing fit
0: you told me that I think the wedding dresses are really small
1: yeah they all they're all so tiny none of them fit my chest and like every time I went into a wedding shop a woman like the woman who was helping me get into dress would make a comment on my boobs and say to wow. me that they're so big for my frame and I was like great thanks so annoying how about yeah. a Thai
0: dough wedding shop
2: I'm yeah. here for it <laughs> right now especially because <laughs> I'm going through the process right now so I I'm going to probably start trying dresses when when lockdown ends so I want to see what it's like and then you know use that as kind of research
1: yeah honestly um, I can imagine the market would be big because yeah. it's so hard you will you'll you'll you'll, you'll figure it out soon. you'll figure <laughs> out just how hard it is
2: <laughs> so um yeah I do I want to be like a one-stop shop but f- truly I actually don't know if I'm going to do this for the rest of my life you know because I'm the kind of person that I like to try new adventures and I know that at the end of the day like what I, why i started title is just to make women feel good and i feel mm. like i also want to get into like kind of coaching women on like um, being an entrepreneur and um, financial literacy as well especially black women like yeah black african women um I, I i want to just help people um so i don't know if i'm going to do this long term but i'm still enjoying it now and i know that we still have so much more to do but yeah
0: i can foresee maybe five ten years you know you in a magazine saying I sold my business and I'm a millionaire now yeah and they yeah I'm just I'm just a guru I'm I'm basically Karen Millen now
1: yeah just chilling remember us when you make it big <laughs> <laughs> remember <can't> us <laughs> <laughs> because right now as well people are calling out and wanting so much more diversity in fashion like yes with the models but in what they wear Mm -hmm. and having flexibility so it's almost like your idea came or your solution came just in just at the right time
2: yeah definitely definitely it's definitely more of a conversation now like everywhere um not not even just like fuller bus just maybe clothing for tall people shoes for people with wider or longer feeds like people just think that everyone should be included, but at the same time, now that I work in fashion, it's impossible to cater to everyone, and and that's just the truth. Like just from a financial perspective and from a quality perspective, if you want to do good quality stuff, you really do, you really should be specialising, um, because that way you would like have the sizing correct, and um, you understand the figures of the people that you speak, um, you're catering mm. to as well. So, it, yeah, it's like a two, it's like a double-edged sword. I don't know you can't do everything
1: but then I think you you need you need companies that will focus on specific things so maybe your business will, will focus on obviously women with fuller busts but not mm-hmm. tall women or yeah. women with wide feet but then you've got another company for that yeah. I think me growing up there was nothing for having a bigger chest mm. like nothing no exaggeration there wasn't anything <laughs> <laughs> and even my friends would go and get like bras or tops from Primark and I was like oh there's no point we going there because I know it's not going to fit I'm gonna have to head over to M&S <laughs> yeah, to, get some, to get something the ugly brand yeah I'm gonna have to get something that's like dated. did you say the ugly brand the ugly bras
0: oh bras oh, okay
1: yeah <laughs> and then I guess the big question that I've been holding off from asking you is how do you manage a full-time job in a corporate world with your business how do you do the tea
2: well okay having some bench time has helped i can't even lie like being in consulting and having downtime that has really helped but obviously there's been time where i've been super busy but then it's just been organized and i i even see like when i'm super busy at work i see Taido as an outlet i Mm -hmm. it feels like an outlet for me because i've never actually had the opportunity to explore my creative side since like all my life, I've just been like an academic person. I studied law at uni, then I went straight into the corporate world. So to me, this is like a whole new world, and it's just so excited, exciting to call myself a creative. Um, and yeah, I try and stay organized. I use, I have processes. I use technology to make my life easier by not having to do things from scratch. So like my websites, for example, I use Shopify really easy to update things there it's very user friendly um and then like scheduling social media posts yeah you just have to be organized I put everything in my calendar if it's not in my calendar it's not happening
1: um, Right. yeah so so it's just being organized and mm-hmm. I don't know yeah doing like using tools around you that makes your life easier
2: yeah yeah I mean we'll see how it is now because back then so last year um I had a different business model So it was made to order and they were making it in India and shipping it out from India. So I actually didn't have to fulfill any of the orders. So Mm. that made my life easier. But now I'm changing it because of um, I got feedback around the customs charges that my UK customers used to get when they received stuff from India. So I'm doing like small, small production runs. Um, so I would have to be fulfilling it myself so it might take more of a toll on me um, but again finding ways to make it easier so instead of going to the post office and queuing forever I'm going to have them pick up the parcels and stuff so just doing little things like that makes all the difference
1: mm. and having it delivered to you so then you can then fulfill the order
2: mm. yeah so like I fulfilled so I pack it at home and then the so royal mail they have a service where they can come and collect it from your house and post oh, okay. it. okay instead of me going to the post office and queuing.
1: Right. Okay, that makes sense. That Mm -hmm. makes sense. And it's and I guess it's just figuring out what works best for you as well. Like that works that way works better for you, but maybe there's another way that will work better for somebody else. So it's I guess tailoring it to your style of working.
2: Yeah, definitely. And and that's one thing that I would say, like for entrepreneurs, like for me, I listen to so many podcasts on having a fashion business like having a business in general and you get so much information and sometimes it can be overwhelming but it's important to find what is best for you like you said because sometimes what works for somebody else might not actually be good in fact it might be detrimental to your business and your business model so you you really need to be careful what you take on when you, you like listen to all these podcasts and stuff
1: yeah yeah that's good advice very good advice Mm.
0: i think it's also very good to see yourself and other businesses being entrepreneurial black businesses there's a lot of initiative nowadays about buying black having black businesses and also black pound day Mm -hmm. which is a day that happens every month i think it's the first of the month Yeah,
2: first saturday every month
0: first saturday Mm -hmm. um do you see Like more of an uplift on Black Pound Day, or maybe even Black Friday, but that's a different thing. But Black Pound Day specifically?
2: Um, to be honest, it was only like the first few ones because then I feel I feel like it then turned into a black discount day. Like people were expecting discount from black businesses (laughs) on Black Pound Day. (laughs) But what you did say about people supporting Black businesses more is definitely true. Even me, if you look at my Instagram. In the search bar you'll be saying black owned loungewear black owned because um, i'm looking for black owned businesses to buy from i don't want to buy from any of these big corporations anymore yeah. um before i like if i hear of a black business i will support them but now i actually want to start looking for them to buy from them because there's so many people doing amazing things and i just feel like we don't have the exposure so i think the onus is on us to actually Mm. i find black businesses i as a first point of call and then if you don't find any black business or maybe it's just too inconvenient then you buy from where you normally buy from
1: yeah that's so true because even with my hair products i used to get my hair products of this random company and it wasn't black Mm. owned and i was like actually let me just search for black owned companies that sell the hair products that i want i'm just buy from there and sometimes it may be a little bit more but it's not it's not like 20 pounds more or maybe like two pound 99 extra for delivery so It's not a big deal and I'd, like, I'd much rather put my money into their pockets than someone that's not black owned yeah same with kind of books as well like I've made an effort for the last year and a half now just to read books from black authors because exactly what you said they just don't get the platform that other like yeah. white, white authors or white business owners do for sure and also like i enjoy black stories like yeah exactly yeah i like, like i actually like reading it <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> i think it's also quite interesting what you mentioned how black pound day became black discount day
2: <laughs>
0: but <laughs> i've noticed I, I,
1: that as well
0: yeah cuz i feel like we want to support black businesses but every time there's a occasion to do that it's like oh so where's my discount day
1: yeah
0: and it's not the right mentality that we should be having, you know. We should be paying regardless or looking to get these things regardless. And you know, they're not that much expensive or sometimes they're even cheaper than what you could have gotten elsewhere, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's a good point. That's a good point. We need to do better, I think. Mm
1: -hmm. So talking just moving away a little bit from Taido, it'd be good to speak about your consulting experience. So we met we being the audience well we being me and Danapo met at a a big consultancy company and then we both kind of left there and went our separate ways and now you're kind of fully moving away from consulting and doing something else Mm -hmm. how did you know that consulting wasn't for you
2: um I just don't I mean okay consulting is good because you get variety and all of that if you're not stuck on one project forever um and you have luck and you're able to like move between different good projects that are Mm. aligned to your career aspirations but that is kind of rare well when you're in a big consulting firm you you just want to be chargeable you're put on something that will just make you chargeable and that might not be aligned to what you actually want to do but then chargeability makes a difference to your um end of year review so that for me was just annoying and then because um as a consultant you're basically like your client's bitch and (laughs) (laughs) i
1: don't like yours uh do you agree with that yes (laughs) i agree with that as well you are your client's bitch yeah and
2: um even when I was interviewing at the firm I'm joining they were like how do you feel not being the star of the show because obviously I won't be I'm going to a law firm to join the innovation team and um obviously I'm not a fee earner but I was like that is actually what I want to do not be the star of the show let me just <laughs> this sounds great yeah <laughs> <laughs> this sounds right off my street <laughs> so um yeah um but I know that I want to do project management. I love innovation because it's kind of like entrepreneurship. Um so yeah, that's why I decided to move and just have like one role like be able to see the impact as well of things that I'm um introducing into the business like the technology solutions and stuff. So, yeah, and I feel like coming from consulting um when you're moving to like somewhere like a law firm because um, they are kind of like behind when it comes to technology so all of the experience and the processes and um the methodologies that you bring they would actually be wowed by it as well yeah they You're will be used to it. so mm-hmm. I, I want to go there and like you know just make a difference there
1: so. yeah they yeah. definitely will be wowed is what you said there around when you move from project to project to project and you don't really mm-hmm. get to see the impact that you make I think that's like the long-term impact that you have I think that's the big one I know I've worked with grads before and they're like oh they have on a six-week project and they're like oh I wish I get I got to see how they implemented our recommendations or you know how the business would have changed and or something like that and with consulting sometimes the projects are so short yeah that you don't you never get to see that it's got to have like kind of hop around it almost feels like you're dating you never have that long-term commitment yeah. from yeah. anyone because <laughs> that's just not your job you're there to deliver that thing that task and then just keep it moving and go off to somewhere else yeah I always find it really hard to adjust if I've just finished a project to then go on to another one straight away because my mind and head is still on that previous client
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah definitely and another thing from my end was that I was actually within the assurance the technology assurance business unit in my in the firm and it just was loads and loads of report writing and I hate report writing like report writing where you're like going into a large technology program and assessing where they are like doing a health check and then yeah writing reports and giving recommendations it's just not my strong suit I prefer to I like tangible stuff I don't want to just like write a report because I'm not like a. am not good with words as well like I'm good with words like I can talk but when it comes <laughs> to writing a report I, I just don't like it I find it boring and yeah um, like <laughs> people have different report writing styles so it's almost like you have to start learning all over again depending on what partner you are paired with or what director you're paired with because they have different writing styles so it was just
1: annoying and I wanted to do something else and it sounds like you're looking to go somewhere where you've got a bit more autonomy as well Mm -hmm. because an innovation team would give you that I think sometimes if consulting and with the audit function that you was in you don't have the I don't know you can't as you said before you can't you're sometimes the project just doesn't line up to your career ambitions and you Mm -hmm. just have to suck it up and do it yeah and my experience is that a lot of the time you have to suck it up and do it yeah more often than getting like a full choice yep and then I guess finally to wrap it up what would you say is so two questions, I no, know, three questions <laughs> all about learnings. <laughs> what would you say is the biggest learning that you've had from setting up your own company? Is it the doing what works best for you, figuring out like your own best process? My biggest lesson is that things are
2: going to go wrong and you have to learn how to be agile and to learn how to pivot, to learn how to kind of firefight and be a problem solver. Um, so I'll give an example if that's okay. So I had a very good opportunity last year where I collaborated with a very big full of brand, Curvy Kate. Mm. And um it was great. Like I got all of the traffic and everything, and then lo and behold, the factory had a COVID case and shut down. Oh no! Nice. <laughs> and it's like you have that opportunity you have people that want to buy from you but you can't actually make any of the clothes because obviously i was doing made to order at the point at that point so yeah so i had to think of like a creative way to still keep those customers um, to use them in the future so i actually offered people discount like a voucher instead so at least mm-hmm. i know that they're going to be coming back when i do have things in stock so yeah just learning like thinking um on your feet like really quickly and um yeah
1: knowing that things will go wrong and you have to solve it that's a big that's that's a good example of um thinking on your feet and things really not going
0: you need strong problem solving skills yeah you do yeah that's really good
1: and what advice would you give to your younger self just in general what advice would you give to your let's say 18 year old self
2: um that everything will be okay don't worry too much um that life is going to take you like to unexpected places because I personally thought I would be a lawyer like, obviously going to, you mm. need to study law, and it's very ironic, it's a full circle moment now that I'm joining a law firm, so I was meant to be in law, but just in the way I had thought I would be yeah. in law. Um, so, yeah, just, like, <laughs> every, everything that happens to you, there's a reason for it, like, um, when I, when I went to university, um, I had always been, like, a um, high flyer like I got all A's at A levels and stuff but then at uni I actually got a two, and that was a very humbling experience for me like as an international student like I was so scared to tell my parents about it but I think that needed to happen one to humble me as a person and if that didn't happen I probably would have gotten a job not in the first firm that I started in because that was the only place that was accepting grads with a two as well and yeah we would, would never have met we would never have met my career path would just have been completely different so I think just telling my younger self that everything happens for a reason even bad things too mm. yeah,
1: and it will work out in the end and I think that's one for everyone as well it's like even if you're like the plans that you had in your mind don't work out there's always another avenue for you there's always a plan b and a yeah. different route because I think a lot of the time like when you're younger, you get so hung on on. Oh, I want to be really successful in my 20s. I want to have a big mm-hmm. career. I want to earn loads of money. Right. Like I want to be a high flyer. I Want to get married, have kids, all that other stuff. And if it doesn't work out that way, it's like, well, how do you pivot? Yeah. And to make that like the plan B just as successful. Uh-huh. For sure. And then my final question is, what did you learn during the COVID global pandemic? for Ty day because I'm sure that must um, have had an impact as you mentioned earlier with the factory getting <laughs> COVID <laughs> yeah
2: so I probably have mentioned this before but just being agile and um, understanding your customer data listening to your customers as well and um, I also found that it like people will support you as long as you have a good business um, that is solving a problem because I was still selling during the pandemic when people were on lockdown, like people were still buying from you. So um, I think when you're having a business, you really need to know what problem you're solving, understand your target market and listen to your customers. And if you do that and people begin to trust you and um, still support you because people are buying for like, oh, when
1: we're allowed to go out, let me just buy this now. So, yeah. yeah. And it sounds like throughout the entire kind of creation of tider you're always listening to your customers through the market research through yeah. um you know what not have you no know, customers not wanting their packages to come directly from india yeah. you've taken that feedback on board and now change your complete yeah. business model as a result of that i think yeah. that shows that you've got i don't know just loads of guts to just to listen to your customers and yeah. to, you to change to. your approach <laughs> you have to otherwise your business will fail and you remain stagnant but you say that but I think a lot of people don't listen to their customers They're like it sounds like so obvious Oh, listen to your customers like get feedback from them but I think a lot of the time some some businesses don't do that
2: for sure and and just just to add to that like I think there's another side to it so Nicole you probably see my Instagram stories I stay doing Instagram polls and questions Mm. asking from the design to my packaging the thing is if you bring your customers along on the journey with you they feel more invested they feel like they know you they feel like you want to hear their opinions and they're more willing to spend their money on you because they feel like this is a well thought out brand, a well thought out product, and I want to invest in it. So there's that as well.
1: I totally agree because you always have polls out and it's like, oh, do you think like what kind of um, I think the other day you you shared what kind of print would, mm-hmm. would you like? And what kind of designs would you like? And for me, it always makes you think, yeah, like you're interested in my opinion and you're going to mm-hmm. take that on board. Yeah, and and the product care. is for you, and it's for me. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's why you're asking me. And again, it sounds really maybe obvious. But it's just it just doesn't happen though. That you get yeah. asked those questions, and you know, the simple things around like what color, like what type of print do you like? Yeah, I think that also comes from my insecurity because I'm not a designer. I don't see myself
2: as a designer, so. Typical fashion designers is actually the opposite because they're so set on their designs and then they forget the other parts of the business. Yeah. So because I'm the opposite and I come from the business side of things, so me, I just want to ask so at least I
1: know that I'm doing the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> but then that sets you. That's like that sets you apart from from the other brands, I guess. Yeah. Because you're going from it from like a different angle. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and as well for a brand of your size to be so customers focused is really good
1: mm. like
0: Nicole's mentioned it but I, I think it's actually probably quite rare because in the corporate industry or like large businesses, let's say Google or something mm-hmm. people don't know this but they are extremely customer focused like using Google Gmail, all that stuff is built based on your feedback, based on what they see us doing, um, based on people just clicking the back button when they think mm-hmm. they've gone to the wrong place. And yeah. they realize, right, I'm going to change the UI because they seem to go down this road and they don't, they don't want to end up there cause they end up pressing back and they are leading by customer feedback. Right. And yeah. so for you to also do the same thing, it's a really positive sign. I think it's a really good thing. Cause small businesses don't think about that, you know?
1: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Maybe you it's should. because I work in Agile and Agile is based on the customer and that's just how I see. I see my business as a project. It's like an Agile project and, and I'm doing different iterations and stuff. Mm. So maybe maybe that's why I think that way.
1: Yeah, I think all the consulting backgrounds, mm. it just makes such a difference in how you're able to drive your business forward. Definitely, definitely. Um, and obviously just because in general, you're just, you know, you're a girl boss. No you're a bad desk. bee. <laughs> bad bitch <laughs> you're getting things done in it <laughs> so I think we'll wrap it up there but before we end Dilapo, where can we find you
2: yeah you can find us on Instagram Twitter Facebook Pinterest TikTok all of the social media platforms at Taido. T-A-I-D-E-U-X and if you want to follow my personal Instagram work my personal instagram where i share my journey it's dollar Post diary although i haven't already been posting but follow me because i'm with i plan on being consistent <laughs> <laughs> from today <laughs> well thank you guys so much for having me i really enjoyed talking because i haven't actually like shared my story about my business with anyone before
1: like um verbally so i'm, I'm really excited that you guys had me on thank you You're welcome. welcome. It was great having you on. And we'll also put out your um, social media details on our Mm -hmm. Instagram page and uh, on our kind of podcast, where you can find our podcast as well. That information will be there if you want to find um, Delapo and and Tido. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah. And for everyone listening, we'll speak to you or catch up with you next week. Bye. Bye. If you have any questions or dilemmas, email us on ornoblackprofessionals at gmail.com or we can be found on Instagram and Twitter at ornoblackprofessionals. Also, don't forget to follow us, subscribe and leave a rating and comment.